Welcome to Dragon Talk. I love the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast <laughs> with Greg Tito and Shelly Mazanova. Yay! So excited. I love it too. It is a wonderful show we've got here because the return of Christina Ariel is oh happening. Gosh. Are you prepared for this, Greg? I don't think I'm prepared. I haven't done any watching of Bravo television in the last two years, and I think wow. I'm better for it. Last two years, I'm surprised that there was ever any Bravo watching. That's true, yeah. But sometimes through osmosis, I would get it mm. because Erin would have it on. Yeah. But thankfully, we have split levels where I don't have to be in her presence when well, she's watching reality television. Don't worry. We'll bring you up to speed. Please do. I will get all of the references uh, and, yeah. and smile and nod at all of them. Well, it's, you know, rare that I get to be the expert in, like, the nerddom. So, I like it. And that's I why like I like it, too. It makes me smile. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, but she's not here just to talk about Real Housewives or any of those things. Uh, <laughs> yes, please don't turn this podcast off. We will talk <laughs> about Dungeons & Dragons, I promise. Because we go over Star Wars. She is the amazing host of so many things on StarWars.com. Uh, she was at, D- at the Star Wars Celebration and is working on uh, a tons of great projects while also being a mother and mm. you know dealing with all the things that we've been dealing with through the pandemic and all that. And so we start off talking about all those things, but she is a wonderful person, full of joy. She's the goddess of joy, in fact, which we'll talk about. Uh, <laughs> so stick around for that. Can't wait. But if, before then, we, of course, have a segment Mackenzie DeArmas returns on Meet Your Monsters, and uh, I can't wait to delve into what she's going to tell us about. I love, to... I love hearing Mackenzie talk about monsters. Me too. I know. Her enthusiasm, uh, the enthusiasm of both our guests today yes, are kind of on theme. This is a very high energy podcast. Yeah, with a lot of sci-fi stuff going on, so we're definitely getting prepped for Spelljammer. Yes. I like it. Infuse it into your fantasy. But... We'll get to that segment and then uh, follow up with our interview with Christina. Let's welcome Mackenzie DeArmas back to Meet Your Monsters! Yay! Very excited to have you back to talk about a monster uh, that was really introduced uh, for the Strixhaven book, A Curriculum of Chaos, Last fall, and it is the Mage Hunter. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So the Mage Hunter uh, appeared in the card set that Strixhaven is based off of. So, of course, we had to make it uh, a big old scary monster to include in the adventure and in the setting as we adapted it for uh, D&D, which is super exciting. It's one of my favorites. Now, did you work on that in particular? Like yes. Ex- yes, I did. Ooh, cool. So how yeah. can we talk a little uh, just about like... There's a magic card mm-hmm. monster, yep. and now how do you turn it into a D&D monster? Um, so basically, for specifically for the Mage Hunter, when we're, we were designing monsters that adapt from like Magic the Gathering card sets to a D&D, um, we try to do things, we focus mostly on the story and how the story of the uh, creature exists within the Magic the Gathering universe. Um, and if we can put in references to how it works with the card system, uh, then we will. But it's certainly more focused on bringing a story because uh, 
one of the things that makes D&D really sing as a, as a game is like it's very it's it's mechanics. And so we want to make sure we keep that uh, core element and make sure it's accessible to people who maybe even haven't played the magic set. Uh, so for the Mage Hunter, we very much focused on the story of uh, the creature, of it being this kind of uh, prowling outside force that exists uh, outside of the school of mages and kind of that threat of having something that can and will uh, seek out people who can cast spells and have magic um, in this sort of very um, menacing kind of way. Awful. <laughs> Uh, Especially because, like, so many uh, player characters can cast spells. Well, that's what uh, I was just going to yeah. yeah, really, I mean, allude to. I mean, I think part of what makes D&D interesting and what made it interesting when it was first, uh, you know, invented and created to now is that idea of being able to have control forces of magic. Uh, and mm-hmm. so there's yeah. just been more and more classes that are able to do it. I think yep. there's only, like, two or three that don't use any magic at all right mm-hmm. uh, and is it just arcane magic that the that the mage hunter no goes it's all kinds of magic see so oh. then that's every it's, class yep. basically yeah when we were designing the uh when we were designing the mage hunter we were very specific about the wording that's in the stat block regarding how it senses magic uh because it can get um a little fiddly when you try and differentiate between like innate spellcasting, psionic spellcasting, regular spellcasting. Uh, so one of its abilities uh, that it can send out like a like a sonic ping that will magically mark any like person that any character that can cast a spell. What? And it doesn't specify in the stat block whether it's innate spellcasting, class-based spellcasting, subclass-based spellcasting. It's basically like, do you have the ability to cast at least one spell? You can get pinged. So you get yeah. marked. This yep. thing can. Is there any save against being marked? Uh, yeah, or? there's a. You can make a wisdom save to avoid the effect. Uh, but it basically sends out a ping in this 120 foot radius, um, and then while you are marked, you can't become invisible. The mage hunter always knows where you are, how far away you are. Um, you can't hide from it, and oh. it basically just knows. <laughs> okay, so if if I, which I am a magic user, uh, <laughs> okay, so if I'm in the vicinity. Can I tell, like, oh, I just, like, have I been, I've, I've been marked. Like, how can you tell? Like, how, I mean, you do have to make a save so you can tell something happened, but, but uh, there isn't any, like, you're not suddenly, like, glowing or anything like that, which is the, the fun part of you just make a wisdom save and then it's just like, okay, cool, neat, neat. I'm just making a note for later. Okay. Carry on. Wow. And then, right. so what happens if, if you're marked? Oh, you said you you can't hide you're, and you can't yep. be invisible. You and can't it just, hide, you can't become invisible, or you don't benefit from being invisible. And it just um, knows where I am at yep. any— And it, it always knows not only where you are, but the distance and direction to you, as long as you are on the same plane of existence. So is it the goal of this mage hunter to, like, just destroy all magic users or is it just to kind of like keep an eye out and so in the Strixhaven universe the um or in, in Strixhaven specifically the um the mage hunters are implied by the group known as the auric um and the auric's motives are uh, interesting in that they try to infiltrate Strixhaven um and they try to uh pull magic users uh or mages who maybe are dissatisfied or disillusioned with Strixhaven's uh, education system uh, into their fold and so part of what the uh, mage hunters help do is help find and locate different candidates that the auric might um 
either decide to uh, make dastardly deals with or, or silver tongue at least uh, sway them to their side or to identify different threats that might um, stand against the Oryk and their goals. Uh, but uh, I, the thing is, is that the mage hunters were not created by the Oryk. They just happened to exist and the Oryk went, yeah, we can use this. So they just, they're just there. They just <laughs> have been there the whole time, which is, terrifying you know, they evolved somehow yeah. into uh this thing right like it reminds yeah. me of it's those basically uh, like oh yeah keep going i was it reminds me of the force suppressing lizards that are in star wars sometimes yep. and i'm like yep. where did those come from how did they do that well well it's kind of a plot device but also it's scary just to think that they are you know were created yeah. spontaneously it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, so like this magic school had just been existing for a bit. That's neat. Um, and so just outside the magic school, because when you have a concentrated group of people who can use magic, yeah, I guess the higher ups on the food chain would evolve to be able to sense magic. But also that's terrifying. To eat oh, them, no. Right? Yes. Yep. Just be hungry. Oh, Yep. Um, and they have these two different forms, right? Like, so yes, they do. talk a little bit about that. How does that work? So the uh, the interesting thing about one of our one of my favorite things with Mage Hunter is that they can shift. So uh, that ping I mentioned is very specific to uh, like their drone form or their sentry form, in which they all kind of fold up into this uh, diamond shaped uh, drone that just sort of hovers around. Um, and it is through that that the mage hunter is able to send out its pings and mark different creatures. Um, and then once it's found a quarry, it can unfold into this uh, sort of monstrous arachnid-like form that has like these big, wickedly sharp claws. Um, and that is what it uses to um, scrabble and rush after uh, its prey and, and attack it. Um, and I think... I, I like the idea of in a campaign, you just see like the drone form just sort of floating there. And then it suddenly does its little flash of a ping. And then all of a sudden you just see it like start to unfold where like one claw comes out and the oh. other and it starts to like in the way that like transformers do where it just suddenly starts to unfor uh, unfurl and shift. And then you're like, oh, oh, that's just not like a weird statue thing. That's that's going to come kill me. Oh, no, let's go. <laughs> I love that. I even love the idea, too, of there being like a chamber where there's many of these floating crystals. Because yep. we've already we've all been there. We've been in chambers with lots of floating crystals in D&D in, mm -hmm. &D in the past. <laughs> yep. But then having each of them go like ping, 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 yeah. have a mo you know an army yep. of mage hunters coming at you <laughs> at a higher level challenge. Yep. Oof. Yeah, and that's like the thing I really like about mage hunters is that like uh, even though they came with the Strixhaven setting, uh, the concept of having a, a a monster that is specifically keyed to hunting and killing things that can use magic is so applicable to almost any setting. So you can very easily just pluck it out of Strixhaven and put it into your regular campaigns or um, like you could plop it into Spelljam or you could plop it into the Forgotten Realms and it'll it'll still function as this sort of terrifying entity that um, is specifically targeted to combat um, your, your spellcasting players. Do they typically travel in packs? Or are they would you normally find them solo? Um I I always saw them as being as as going in uh in packs. And a lot of the art we took from the or we borrowed from the magic card set, they they're like these legions of these mage hunters oh, or these massive oh. like rows and rows of the drones, just or the sentry form mage hunters just waiting to like 
unfurl. Um, I think like for a lower level campaign, uh, because they are CR5, uh, it would very make you could definitely do like one uh, mage hunter would be an excellent boss for a uh, lower tier adventuring group. Uh, just to sort of get them into that uh, sense of there is something bigger going on and there are monsters that aren't just, um, there are monsters that have more of that like hunter's intuition and that intelligence uh, behind them and that that very specific sort of, they target adventurers sort of way uh, as a stepping stone to a, a grander scheme. But um, for higher level adventurers, you could certainly set a pack of three or four on a group and have them Wreck shop. <laughs> Wreck shop. I love that because <laughs> they really can. They're so they're so terrifying. Oh, yeah, and they're huge. They're big. Yeah, they're they're large. So they're a good like ten feet tall. Even when they fold up in the drone form, they're they're ten feet tall. Wow, and they're intelligent too. I, I yes. was starting to really uh, delve into that and be like, how they could potentially be uh, an adversary. Um, they can't mm-hmm. speak, which I guess is, is, is actually kind of important, but they can still, you know, mm-hmm. understand commands and and, yep. and maybe even be more cunning hunters because of that. Yes. Yes, they are. They are very sapient creatures in, in that. Um, and I always like the idea of like, even if they don't necessarily understand how spell casting works, they have that sort of innate ability to sense magic and because of that, it gives them such an interesting uh, leg up on fighting spellcasters. Because a lot of times when you have combat with like uh, in D&D combat, uh, the spellcasters can do their big uh, area of effect spells and just, you know, blow up the whole battlefield with a fireball or something like that. Where these creatures uh, not only can kind of sense that, but can also use it against their spellcasters. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the Mage Hunter is that they have a reaction called consume and destroy in which <laughs> they absorb the magic that has been cast at them and they only take half of the damage and then they can project that damage back to whoever cast it if the caster is within 60 feet of them. So if the wizard casts a fireball on them, all of a sudden the wizard is getting hit with half of the fireball damage as the Mage Hunter absorbs it and shoots it back at them. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so it's a good yeah. rule of thumb that if if your character knew this, that you should probably be casting from more than 60 feet away, just in yes. case. Yes. Yeah, case. probably. Unfortunately, that's not so many spells. Most spells have uh, radius of a range of like 60-ish feet, 90-ish feet. Uh, there's only a few that are 120, and it's like, ooh. Can you ooh. imagine like casting a fireball and then seeing it come right back towards you? Yep. <laughs> yep. No. How does oh that's interesting. So how would this interact with using a magic item to cast a spell like a wand? Um it it basically uh the the exact ruling is or the exact wording is when the mage hunter takes damage from a spell. So mm. it's any spell. Um if you have a magic item that lets you cast a spell, uh it it will it'll still ping you because you are a magic user in that sense. Interesting. So it's yeah. not necessarily like the 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 innate mm-hmm. spell casting that might be within the person is just like having the ability. It's almost like divination yeah. magic. Having the ability to cast a spell with through any means yeah. is all it's sensing. Yep. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then the thing is also you could be playing like a a uh, a player race that gets innate spell casting, like a, like a tiefling, yeah. and you could be playing like a tiefling barbarian or a tiefling fighter that does not necessarily rely on spell casting for its main class features, but because you have that innate ability to cast spells, the mage hunter can still ping you. Oof. 
All right, so you mentioned yeah. a couple of ways that uh, yeah. DMs could use uh, mage hunters to great effect <laughs> against their parties. Uh, but what, you know, beyond all those, what are some, what are some uh, fun ways that you've been able to inter- integrate them into your games? Ooh, see, I always, I always like creatures that, um, when it comes to, like, pitting creatures against my uh, lovely players uh, when I'm DMing, um, I always like those creatures that uh, seek out and that have that kind of ability to like lock onto someone and target that person. Um, and so mage hunters are definitely something I like in my arsenal. Um, I always like thinking of them, uh, like you're mentioning in the room where like all of them start pinging. I always like the idea of them just sort of sitting um, as like sentinels or a guard post to like a bigger dungeon. Uh, because when they're hovering and they're still, um, they definitely look like chitinous and, and insectoid, but when they're sitting still and they're just kind of glowing, they could very easily just register as statues or very ominous decorations. Um, my very personal favorite way of like getting the surprise on unsuspecting uh, adventurers is having them stay in their drone form uh, because the fun thing is that they can shift form as a bonus action so it doesn't eat up their action. Mm. So what they can do is as they're in drone form after uh, as they're in drone form they can still use their tail to like suddenly lash out and stab um or, or hit a um someone nearby and after they do that then that person is restrained and then they're stuck as this thing unfolds and becomes its full hunter form oh my god and they can get the they can get the uh, jump on an unsuspecting wizard that might be just walking by as they think this thing is um, just a very odd floating crystal bug thing, and then mm. all of a sudden the tail just <laughs> and just lashes out. <gasps> but right, can they? Can... They can attack anyone, like not just magic oh, yeah. users. Oh yeah, they can attack anyone. Great, versatile. That's got some nice. Um, I keep thinking of sci-fi with this creature, but like a nice, oh, like yeah. a alien type of thing, where like yeah. they're going forward, we're gonna fight something, and then you just see mm-hmm. something in the background of the shot move, mm-hmm. and it's that tail yeah. of the mage hunter coming oh, out, to yeah. like and yeah, try and very, get them. very alien suspense sort of thing. Yeah, um, I love which that. I I really love, and I'm honestly uh, when when Spelljammer uh, comes out, I am so looking forward to like putting those out in like wild space and having like wild space outposts that you don't know why no one goes to that area of wild space and then you go and these mage hunters just send out that ping through the vastness of space and they can ping you on your like ship and you see these like odd like things just sort of floating in the middle of wild space and then Mm. all of a sudden Mm. they uh they come in and then they just start floating closer and closer to your ship and closer and closer to your ship. Um, and then they start unfolding and they can climb on all kinds of surfaces because they are very spider-like and they have spider climb. So they can just climb upside down over the side of your, um, your oh, wild you spaceship on, on board the ship. Oh, um, just seeing their little like yep. le- spidery legs it's like, the, coming it's the over worst the kind helm of, asteroid of a ship. Belt. If you're going through like an asteroid field, you could do that. But all of a sudden the asteroids start coming closer coming to life. and closer and then... I love that. I love I mean, it. And you can play with scale too. Like, you know, every, yeah. everything in space is bigger, uh, mm-hmm. right? So then what if there's a really big mage hunter? Somebody's cast enlarge on it a few times and it is the size of a planet. A, a mage hunter that eats ships. Yes, right? We're talking Unicron here from mm-hmm. uh, from the Transformers movie. Yep. Like it's all, oh, I love it. So much fun yep. stuff. 
Well, uh, yeah. I'm I'm sold. I want to use mage hunters in like every they campaign. They are now. some of my favorite creatures I've ever gotten a chance to make. I love them so much. I love seeing how people use them, and I just love player reaction. Whenever uh, someone says, "All right, it's going to use its reaction called consume and destroy," and all the players go, "What?" <laughs> Say what now? Fireball um, back at you. I love that you love all of these creatures. That they're, they're your baby. I know. I'm like. I do. My I almost feel baby. like we should just rename this segment to Mackenzie's Babies. <laughs> <laughs> and they are just... my babies. I love them so much. And I I love seeing how they propagate into the world and uh, inject other people's games with horror and bloodshed. Wow. Spoken like a true dungeon master. <laughs> Yeah, you're yeah. like the uh, what's the name of the company in Alien? You're like that company <laughs> that's like, yeah, we're gonna get xenomorphs the everywhere. <laughs> babies, we call my dogs um, stuffy toys babies, and mm-hmm. so like we always send them out in the yard, and we're like, go get your baby, go get your babies, and he gets, like grabs his stuffy and starts yeah. destroying it. Like I feel that yes. that's my, like similar. you and your babies. Yeah, my 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 mom, bless her heart, has lovingly started calling all the monsters that I make her grandbabies. And it's the funniest thing to me. You need to frame, like, put them in little frames and, like, we love grandma frame. And it's, like, this mage hunter. Like, really cartoony drawings of, like, a mage hunter. And then, like, some of the the undersea apparitions from Netherdeep. Just, like, we love grandma. If you send that uh, idea to Emmy to Emmy, I bet she would be able to draw those cute. Oh, Totally grandbabies for you that's amazing uh, oh I, lo- I love making monsters and I love I love talking with y'all thank you so much for having me again thank, thank you, you Mackenzie uh, if people want to talk about how they've used mage hunters <laughs> or any of your other uh, wonderful babies uh, how, how what's the best way they can get in touch with you um, yes, so the best way to hear me talk and ramble on about uh, either the Mage Hunters or things I've done in Netherdeep or any of my other wonderful, wonderful uh, monster babies that are coming out in future books, they can follow me over on Twitter at Mackenzie Lane DA. Uh, that's M A K E N Z I E L A N E D A. Um, and that is where I will uh, be happily regaling tales from my own D&D games, as well as excitedly um, talking about all the things we've got coming up in the future. Excellent. Awesome. Cool. Such a joy. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank I always you. love, I always love talking. I love sisters, hearing so. you talk about your babies. Yay. I love it. Mm. <laughs> All of the babies uh, that Mackenzie is creating are amazing. This mage hunter, whoof, I don't, I, I had read up on them and seen the stat block, but I just didn't realize quite how to bring them to life until uh, Mackenzie was able to talk to us about yes, it. Yes, she creates them and then she gives dungeon masters horrible ideas, fills their heads with ways to destroy their poor players. But With a smile. But she does it joyfully. Joyfully, right? Yeah. Exactly. Control your children, Mackenzie. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else who does all of that very joyfully is Christina Ariel, and I can't wait to welcome her back to the podcast. So let's just go right to it. Let's do it. Everyone, let's welcome Christina Ariel back to Dragon Talk. Yay! Yay! Hi, friends. Wow. I can't stop. I'm still going. Yay! (laughs) <laughs> the studio audience is going crazy. I can't crazy. help. Oh my god! It's just 
filled with Christina fans here. Giovanni! Oh, and we got some Giovanni oh, fans oh. in the starting already, Greg. Starting already. <laughs> She's starting. She's starting. <laughs> I said what I said. But, but I, I, I understood that reference too. Mm-hmm. Giovanni you know? is a is a person. No, it's a feeling. <laughs> like if you're feeling Giovanni, <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. Oh man! Oh my goodness! Well, well we're you excited to have, go ahead. You go, three, Shelley. Three times, I three think. Three times. You're in the the three time. This Dragon is my Pop hat Club. trick episode. Hat yes, trick. it is. So for my first podcast ever that I've ever done was Dragon Talk. So. This really? is this is my yeah my first my fir- very first so this is my hat trick of the first podcast I've ever done. Okay, so back then in that first first interview, which I know well because I re-listened to it like a hundred times so I could write about you for our Dragon Talk book. But you did mention that your son Luke um, used to say that you weren't famous enough to be on Dragon Talk. Um, yeah. What what are Luke's feelings about? mom now because my goodness you have done so much since since we've we've talked to you the first and the second time um i still concur with him that i am not famous um (laughs) i'm not i am just a person that gets to do really cool things that half the time i don't believe are actually happening um but he i feel like lately he's he got to see me host at star wars celebration and that was kind of one of those moments where he was like, huh. Uh, yeah. Like, like people are people are clapping. And I gave him like a shout out from the stage. And he was Aww. just like, it's hit embarrassing now. So I think he's over it. Oh, Aww. okay. <laughs> wow, we went right from disbelief to just flat out embarrassment. <laughs> it's Listen, it's embarrassing until he gets like cool swag. And then he's like, this is great. Yeah. And until like, I'm just waiting for like Quinn's friends to like discover D and D, and then he'll be like, "Oh yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, super cool." Yeah, my mom grew up in there, it. you know. Yeah, <laughs> been, I've been surrounded by minis my whole life, um, <laughs> but we're not we're not quite there yet. Although he does think magic is quite cool. But, what a great kid! Getting yeah, there, getting there, getting there. He's getting great. Not there yet. But yeah, man, <laughs> you're just coming right off the heels of doing Star Wars Celebration, uh, all the stuff with the High Republic show, like. What's a uh, you know what what's I mean tons of memories but like what's something that's been standing out is like oh my god I can't believe this actually happened uh, uh, to 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 a Star Wars fan like you. Um, so much of it is just complete and utter disbelief still, <laughs> but I think it's it was probably going to celebration after having done some cameos in Kenobi and having you and McGregor remember who you are and you're like, I'm like, I'm Christina. And he's like, I know. And then you're like, like I'm introducing myself to people and they're like, I know. And you're just like, what are you? Like, you're you. Like, you're not supposed to know I exist. And they're like, you literally like host a a show on starwars.com. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you're you. I don't know if you're still like grasping that concept. And I'm still in that, like, I'm still that person where I'm like, I still introduce myself in every room that I walk into because I am 100% always sure that no one knows who I am. (laughs) But it's just, all of it still feels like a dream. I mean, what, it was like three or, what was it, 20, 
18 might have been the first time I talked to you guys for the first time. I think so. Yeah. Sounds right. And so just to kind of like to go from starting out and like cosplay and like starting my career in 2017 for real, for real, like leaving like all like office type jobs to go and do creative pursuits. I've, I realized I've taken no time off. Like I've taken barely any, I had a whole C-section and still was like, I can go to work. And (laughs) (laughs) like, I've just, I've worked so hard. I don't think I take the time to kind of take it all in until something like truly surreal happens because it's all like, all of it just feels like a dream. And I'm just constantly grateful and, Anytime somebody asks me to do something, I'm like, really? Like me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a Jedi mind trick I'm using somehow? Is this working? I mean, when you get that call and somebody's like, do you want to work for Star Wars? You're like, "Uh, do you have the right Uh, number? (laughs) (laughs) There are many Christinas out there. Are you sure you got the right one? Like, did you spell it right? Oh, you spelled it right on this email. So you probably do need me. But it's I'd like, especially coming off of like, like starting a show in a pandemic and also like dealing, like grieving my dad, like in that time, like I was grieving, I was dealing with that. And then all of a sudden it's just like this opportunity comes along that I got a chance to kind of have my own escapism through this, like through this world that I had loved and hidden in my entire life. And to be able to be even a tiny part of it, like the higher public is a big initiative and it's like a whole new chapter for Star Wars. It's a whole new world for it. And just to be asked to kind of co-pilot and keep people up to breast on it. Like, I feel like Miss Frizzle, like teaching people about the higher public each episode. (laughs) It's like, get on the bus, kids. (laughs) 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 It's. Which I mean, like if you, if you know my energy, like I got big Miss Frizzle energy, so it works. It totally works. I love it. I love that, too, that you're able to blend, like, you know, your love of of music uh, with all of these performances as well as the hosting stuff. Like, there's just that's never far away. Uh, and I just happened to see this morning you and uh, uh, Tamora Morrison. He was just singing and serenading, and I couldn't help but hear, like, oh, your little harmonies in there and, like, making it, like, you know, just bigger than it was. It was just so wonderful. And I was like, you are the perfect person to to be in that situation, in that moment, and and elevate it. It was just really beautiful. Well, when somebody says, like, hey, I'm going to sing a song, I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be, like, a, like, maybe, like, a traditional song or something, because he did this beautiful haka, and then it was just like he start singing Drift Away, which is my jam. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and I was like, I'm not going to like sing it, sing it, but I'm going to harmonize in the background because then maybe people will start singing along. And it was just like, that's a real thing that happened in I real know. life. And seeing that video this morning when somebody posted it, I was like, huh, like that happened too. <laughs> I it's Man. amazing. It's amazing. It's Boba Fett serenading with you singing background. Uh, it sounds like a like a Weird Al Yankovic lyric or something like that. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't feel real. It sounds, yeah, like like a mad lit or like a <laughs> p- randomly pick something from column A and randomly pick something from column B. And this is what happened to Christina. Um, it, I mean, it is. And also like my favorite Weird Al song is like, my, my, this year Anakin guy, maybe Vader someday, Vader now is just a small part. Like, to, like, be able to be in that, like, 
go from that and watching that video to like, man, man, so cool. <laughs> like, wow. I feel like the thing that people forget is like through all of the interviews and everything, I'm laughing and I'm smiling and I am fangirling so hard inside and outside. Good, should, like, there's just a blend where I've reached this point where I'm like, my job is just be a professional fangirl. It's what it is. What do you well, do for a living? Cool I'm a professional that? fangirl. But I love that energy about, and I love that like you're so genuine in your appreciation and your fandom, but like also like super professional as a host and really good at your job. But it's like the perfect combination. But you're, I mean, I don't have the luxury of not knowing my stuff on top of just enjoying it. So it's yes, I, I you can't teach that stuff, man. It's just so like just such the right combination. Thanks, Dad. They're lucky to have you. Yeah. Lifting you up there. And then, you know, all the, the, the TRPG, TRPG stuff that you are doing, uh, I love that. I mean, we got the in the background the wings of Barbarella uh, behind you. It's so uh, amazing seeing that continue. Uh, I don't know if you know this, having met me multiple times, but I basically am Barbarella Sasquatch <laughs> Ganglin without the voice all the time. So it's really <laughs> fun to just come out sometimes and just see her wings. It makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> She's a professional fangirl, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, the I'm so addicted to doing the Bob voice that my character, I have a show coming out called Headless. It's like a 10-part web series with shipwreck comedy. And her voice is very much Bob. So it was between doing Bob and doing Ramona from Real Housewives oh, of New God. York. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I'm just a, a maven. I just love to support women. I you support, support everyone. Other women. I'm I sorry. I'm it. sorry. Why are you wasting? <laughs> you know what? As an appropriate business, why for- you're always coming after me, and I'm really getting tired of it, Luann. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh my god. <laughs> I I actually have a character who is based on Ramona and she is a multi-level marketing salesperson oh, and she sells God. she sells scrolls and it's like if you give me Scroll. five gold pieces then that's called I'm like it's contributing to the economy like you give it to me no you don't get anything back except a scroll but it creates supporting a woman in the, in, in the environment hello in the Ezekiel. environment hello my cutie. Zeke, you're on Dragon Talk right now. You were on Dragon Talk when you were like six months old. Okay, mom. He said, okay, yeah. mom. Okay, mom, whatever you say. <laughs> oh, Welcome. Bye. The love little you. baby voice. I love the little voice. He's got his little shoes on and they're like little Donald. I found, so they have these little Adidas that are like Donald Duck shoes. And so he, <laughs> he goes, this is his first thing. He's like, he's a sucks and shoes, but my Donald Duck shoes. Like, oh, my Donald oh, my Duck God. shoes. I love that kid so much. He's so cool. I made that. You made that. I, I made that. I did. I say that all the time to Quinn. I made you. You like, like that? I am I a 3D you. printer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 4D, because you're also parenting at the same time yeah. over, over a long period to turn them into who they are. Yeah. That's what me it and Aaron do when we, we see our kids. We're like, they came from our loins. <laughs> oh, I bet they love hearing that. They do. <laughs> Ugh, that I would never say it like loins. to embarrass him, but it's also like, we're going to acknowledge the fact that, like, I baked you. I baked I you. I knew you for, like, months before you even were 
a person in real life. Like, yeah. Yep. I would say I grew you. And then he'll be yeah. like, you grew my butt. He'll <laughs> 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 be like, but it, you know, I farted in you when I lived in your stomach. Like, uh-huh. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's so funny because then it's like, you get to watch them become their own person and who they are and how their personality develops and like their own individual little quirks. It's like as much as you try to like find yourself and your children, like you see them turn into this person like that they are or always were going to be. And it's, you don't know like who they'll end up being. You hope that like the influence of like letting them grow into that person by themselves and with a, with a careful watchful eye yeah but just like i don't know I, like i don't know who he's gonna be who he's gonna choose to be or he could choose to be they or like that could be who he is but i just know i love him man <laughs> anything for that dude it's yeah. not to not to make this too weirdly about D too but i often think about this as a parent where i'm like i'm the dm to your life like i can set up the situations i can, right. you know, can lead you to water and let you, you know, uh, uh, figure out the best way. But I can't make your decisions for you. I can't do it all. It's it's, it's got to be it's got to be you who 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 gets that from from my guidance. And you get to uh, set. Uh, the- uh, don't touch mommy's computer, please. <laughs> See <laughs> consequences. Like I can't. You can't make him not. Oh, but you can actually, and that's. Um, but yes, the I like that that analogy that role, the DM of your child. <laughs> Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that, but and I'm failing every roll. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fail. Sometimes you crit on them, and roll you're like, "Ooh, that was too harsh. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry." <laughs> it's like, "Oh my gosh, I nailed it! Like we got bath time. We got you in bed at 8:30." And then some days you're like, "Oh, it's 11:30, and you are still running around no this house." And you've eaten nothing but pizza for three days. Mm, Reese's puff cereal. Yum. Yeah. Oh, the only way I can get them to eat pizza is if I sing the song from Blues Clues where they're like, cheesy pizza. Like That's he needs the like only an anthem. Way to he eat pizza? He's not, he's not a he's not a pizza dude. It's like a mac and cheese. And mm. like right now he's eating the one of those frosted animal crackers because it was like, oh look. Mm. Mommy's gonna go, mommy's gonna go work for a little bit. So here's an apple juice and some animal crackers and you just like run and I have like the camera. So I know like where he is at all times. So that works for me. It's a good life. He's very independent. It's very interesting. Yeah. All like, good. It's like a second child, maybe. I don't know. Oh, he's yeah. very, he's very my child. So how, I mean, here's, here's something I think we don't, I mean, we talked about a little bit of this when you were, uh, uh, about to have Zeke and as now you're, you're about to have another child. Like how, do you balance that to be a creative, you know, strong, amazing personality while also being a parent and having all of those, uh, you know, kind of domestic things going on, right? Like, I think, I think we're all been struggling with that over the last few years, but I'd just love to hear more insight from you on, like, how, and if, if not how, just, like, uh, story. If not how, just commiserate win. with us. Win. <laughs> um, I would say a lot of it is thanks to the Google Calendar. Mm. Uh, my... <laughs> My husband and I, like, since I was pregnant, we kind of had this thing. Like, I'm very much a night owl. I am up. Like, I go to bed at four. He wakes up at four. Like, weird chips passing in the night. But it works great for parenting because it's like, okay, then I can get my, like, full thing of sleep and he'll do breakfast. And 
I'm with Zeke all day and I work from home mostly unless I have to go out. And then on those days where I do have to like go to the studio or do anything like that, like he's very much, okay, well, I'm going to block this time out so that I can be here with him. We're super fortunate that my mom lives close and his mom lives close, which is extremely helpful, especially during the pandemic when you're like trying to stay in your little bubble. Like, so we just had family here that was able to help, but I mean, so much of it is just remembering my number one priority is always him. Mm -hmm. And if my, like, if one of the kids has something going on, like, that's precedence. Like, that's number one over everything. And I think remembering that and trying to take that time to, I always think about it like this. If I lost everything tomorrow in my career, if I never booked another job, if I never did anything else, my home is still going to be here. My family is still going to be here. That'll be what I have. And that's what I have to prioritize. And so I always try to make sure that dinner, all that kind of stuff, family events, birthdays, those things aren't just days for me. They're memories. And I try to make sure that I take care of my home because again, if this all went away tomorrow and I never had another opportunity I still have my family and that needs to be intact. So I try to just make them a priority. And if something doesn't work out with like their schedules and they just isn't meant to be. Yeah. It's like you're, um, well, for one, it's, it's hard to, to be a working parent, no matter what it's, I mean, it's hard to be a stay at home parent too. <laughs> it's that I, it's hard to be a parent. It's, it's hard, hard to be, to be a, a parent. Person. But <laughs> it's like, but it's it is hard to like, you know, be good at both. And I, I, I often will feel like, well, I have to choose. <laughs> hey, am I good at my job? Or am I good at being a mom? Like, what am I? What You can't always do both. And it's, it kind of sucks. But well, then you see that little cutie face. And think about during the pandemic and like trying to do podcasts and all no. this stuff when people were just starting to do it. Uh, uh, we're not going to climb on that, sir. Uh, 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 no, thank you. <laughs> so I think that one of the big things is like people expected you to do interviews and podcasts like you didn't have kids and like you were going to have complete silence in this new environment. Right. And like, kind of like now, like as you see, like Zeke running in, like it's realizing like people have real lives and I think we're getting to see a level of authenticity with people and what's going on in their real lives and circles yeah. because sometimes your kids are going to walk in a room. Sometimes mm-hmm. your kids are going to come because they still have needs. They still have priorities. And we all got so much like people that had the luxury of working from home during it all. Like we got to spend time with our families in a way that I think a lot of us have taken for like took for granted like you didn't realize like, oh, like having everybody home all day, like having everybody. And yeah, it was stressful because you're like, oh, I do need a break from these people. I see you all the time. But like that, like what point in our lives are we going to have that opportunity to just slow down and stop and appreciate each other and the fact that we can be with one another? This is, I had that conversation like three days ago with someone when we were like, we don't, I mean, I I don't want, wish for a pandemic. I wish it never happened. Oh God, no. But I do remember 
like very distinctly probably like a month into it when we were home and we were were just like on top of each other and like no school, no in-person work, nothing. And I remember looking at Quinn and going, you have freckles? And I was like, how come I never noticed your freckles before? And I like, it just made me realize like, oh, I'm, this is like, there's a terrible thing happening, but there's also like, this really good thing happening where like I get to be with this kid all, all day. And like, part of me is like, I have to be with this kid all day, but no, like I, I didn't notice my kid had freckles, like real tiny, little tiny freckles. I get to be with him. I get to see him every day and like actually like spend quality time with him instead of like picking him up from after school care and getting him home. And then he just wants to be on an iPad because he's been engaging with, kids for 10 hours and I just have to make dinner and then like now it's time to throw them in a shower and then like go to bed because you have to get up and do it all over again and it's like we spent like two and a half hours together in a pre-pandemic world two and a half hours a day total yeah total during the you don't think about that like how much between schoolwork between errands between baseball and soccer and all of those different things, you don't realize how little time you actually spend with yeah. your family. Yes. So and then having these like little domestic uh, moments of, you know, I'm, I've been cooking a lot more. I've been doing just a lot of like, you know, taking kids to various activities back and forth. Like, man, that is such a important part of it while also keeping the, the, the social aspect of people outside the family alive through, you know, D and D, but also doing, <laughs> like, you know, just, general just gaming and meetups like i think everybody had those thoughts of like well we're certainly getting more domestic time which is awesome but like social time amongst adults is also really important and how do you balance those uh back and forth and i just love that the general uptick in people talking about gaming uh and D specifically over these last couple of years has been something that uh has i don't know i didn't expect when we heard about the pandemic and how much yeah. it was gonna was going to hit us. And I think a lot of those lessons that have been learned, like spending more time with children, um, as well as, 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 okay, more regular meetup times for people playing games. It's, it's definitely more gaming, a a lesson. Yeah. I think like I, I hadn't been doing it as much like in the last couple, I feel like I just kind of like I would do, I've been doing like a campaign here and there, but there's still those moments where like, you realize kind of the magic of it. Like when we did the, I did co-lock with hyper RPG, like just to be in this room, we did, it was called the council of the gods. And so they brought together like a bunch of YouTubers and streamers and D and D people and me. (laughs) And And just to be in this room surrounded by people where you're just like, I'm a huge fan of your work. And they had like, Michelle Nguyen Bradley did these amazing like vignettes where we could sit and like, she decorated and was like Ryan Omega being the master of ceremonies and these people that I've worked with and known for so long and people I care about and people I've like come to care about like you realize how deep those bonds form in this world because you do go on adventures with people and you spend time with people and and I don't think a lot of people understand like what a safety net that has been for a lot of people, especially when you 
like just need to escape for a little bit because yeah, like everything is great, but having the escape of gaming and friends, like that stuff is important too. Yeah, really is. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about that colic thing because I've been following everything that Hyper's been doing. They've been such a innovator in the space as far as using uh, the technology, the camera work, as well as this like, it was basically like a televised LARP, right? Like, is that, yeah. is that how Did it was organized? Did you see the screens in the back? Like, yeah, the, the like that amazing. moved and changed the room. And- it's like Mandalorian level style of like uh, special effects happening in real time live. It really was. And if you like... We with Kenobi like and Mandalorian they shoot on what's called the volume. So you have like these screens in the back, and as you're looking at it, it looks like weird and kind of scrambly. But then you see it in real life. Like I remember going like getting home the other night and looking at what we had just done and being like, "This is so cool!" And the way that they do the story is like the viewer is the voyeur. And so having this one cam moving through the audience, watching this council vote on whether FOBO should be released and just, it was, but the, I think one of the greatest things is we were raising money for able gamers. Yeah. We ended the stream and it was like at $7,000 by yesterday, it was at over $16,000 that we raised so bringing together all of these different people from different communities and worlds and parts of like, converging all of these fandoms into this one place through this game, like we were able to do so much good. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love and, that it's a tenet of, of, of the community as a whole there. But it's yeah. so cool too. Like on yeah. top of like, we're doing good, but also like there's just this like camera and they're like, it's moving through this crowd and like you've got leaves of pearls sitting up there looking like a freaking queen with his headdress on amazing and just like atomic mar oh my gosh so one i, I spent like half the time like staring at atomic mari like respectfully and she, <laughs> she had like this like beautiful gold sequin dress and crown and i'm like whoa like, these people are so pretty like everyone in this room is gorgeous like if there were a council of the gods for real like all y'all are so pretty like i can't handle it <laughs> it was so cute Who but it was just what, like, can you talk a little about your your representation because you're stunning too in this yeah you were I was the goddess of joy. Joy. Oh, of course. Of course you were. You can just tell from your smile right now that you're full of joy. Well, that was, well, which, fun fact, my mom almost named me Joy (gasps) instead of Christina. So if you ever ask her, like, she'll sometimes be like, Christina Joy. And so it was really funny for me, like, to, like, be the god of joy and just be this, like, everyone in the room is so tense and everyone's like, Oh, like they're going back and forth over what we need. And like, I'm talking about like how we need like the perspective and the balance of like, we need chaos to be able to appreciate joy. We need sadness to be able to appreciate joy, like how all of those things work together. And everybody's like in a mood, but I walk up and I'm just like, hi, how's it going, everybody? Like, it's just, which is, I mean, yeah kind of who I am as a person so it wasn't much of a stretch I love that I love that and obviously it's not using the D&D rule set at all or anything like that but I think there's did you a see lot- the dice rolls were on screen too they were yeah we had stats like I had like I mean every we're all gods or whatever but like it's like 20s I had like 
<laughs> All my stats were like 20s across the board. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, Joyce Opie. But I love I love the 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 theatricality of that. I mean, it's something that we tried to do, uh, you know, at a couple of events uh, back in the day. And I think um, uh, Zach, I was like, Zach I was just thinking of his brother Lucas, Lucas Eubanks. Yeah, um, and Zach and and how they're 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 making this kind of now a reality a little bit more by again by leveling up the game. But I love that it's. I mean, in some ways, and Malika we, Eubank, who's out there killing the game as well. Absolutely, all three of them uh, uh, together are making this awesome. Um, but it is again that blend of like cosplay and theater and gaming and improv and streaming technology all together. It's it really is elevating it, and I think there is a lot to learn by looking at. Uh, again, even though it's not a D and D game, but like you know, if you're a D and D DM out there, like you know, you can take so many cues from what they did uh, in Colic in general, but especially this event. Critical Bard gets out there as the yes. god of purity and like sings this haunting song at the end. It gets covered in like corn syrup, and you see like purity being ruined. And it is one of the most beautiful heartbreaking moments I've ever seen in any game I've ever played. It was so hauntingly just powerful. Mm. It was amazing. Yeah. And I just, I cannot look alone was just incredible. Just, uh, I I love all the makeup effects that he does on his Instagrams and other thing. Like this was amazing. And then to, to have that then be a character in, in that way. Oh, so cool. Yeah, They're just, man just talented it's wild but yeah it was such a such a cool experience just to be able to be a part of that and i've like i haven't worked with hyper before so this is my first experience and to just see like the ambition that it took to put something like this together and be like i'm gonna bring together all of these people and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it really, truly worked. It was just incredible. And we got these really cool mugs out of it, too. And it's oh. like in our little gift bag that said, like, I am a god. And I was like, oh, look at this. And it's like that Kanye West song. But <laughs> it was wild. It was that. Nobody, we got nobody like was cool playing Jesus. Was anybody playing Jesus? No. <laughs> it's like, I, I, in my head, I was. Because it was like, it's had, like, neurodivergent my brain automatically was like oh look at this thing oh look at this 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 this, this. and then i had this song stuck in my head every time i looked at the cup I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man but then you know you're doing uh, another show you mentioned it earlier but uh, uh headless uh, a sleepy hollow story what's what's that oh, no, all about? that sounds amazing it's a horror comedy it's great <laughs> it's like a myth it's a horror comedy mystery and we shot this for like it's 10 episodes we shot in like 14 days and it's got some really really cool people in it so the the shipwrecked crew they do historical comedies pretty much so they've done like they had poe party and different the gilded lily and they have a pretty successful channel we did a kickstarter last year and i think it's actually like maybe a year today from when the kickstarter started and it's like me matt mercer's a part of it and just like mary kate wiles and sean persaud and Sinead persaud are brother and sister pair and they wrote it and it is one of the coolest things we shot on this like property out near pasadena 
that like everything looks haunted. Everything looks haunted. And <laughs> for for my Pippin fans in the room, like we, what's his name? Uh, Rubenstein, who was one of the original Pippin, is, oh my gosh, Greg, you're going to lose your mind. I'm sorry. I'm going to come back to this. I promise. Okay, but no I have to talk about it right this second. So I did a podcast recently with like, it's an offshoot of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me with Helen Hong. Oh. And it's called um, Go Fact Yourself. So go fact yourself. You come, go fact yourself. And it's like, they have this podcast. You come on and it's like, you go against the person. So Shelly, you'll be excited. Cause if you ever watched hot wives of Orlando or hot world, obviously Jeff Hiller, who played the party planner in those shows was who I played against. Oh my because God. He's now on a show on HBO. So I didn't, my topic was not housewives. I actually talked about mighty Morphin power Rangers, the movie and <laughs> like his topic well, as one does. And his topic was Wicked the Musical. So we're sitting there and they bring on a guest expert to answer questions. The people that they brought on to talk and answer Jeff's questions at the end to like fact check him is Steven Schwartz and Winnie Holtzman, the writers of Wicked the Musical. What? They were on the thing. Like they were on the Zoom call. And oh my God. Everything in me was like, like it is the wildest thing ever. So it's funny. I would say that that correlates. I promise it makes sense because John Rubenstein was in Pippin and Steven Schwartz, of course, like wrote Pippin. So if you're all following just, the this the the strings just go on the board. Get your red string and like just follow along with me. My, Charlie it all Day is here it all with you. Uh that's amazing. Also, they're defying gravity wow. the entire time. They and they also told us that there's probably gonna be new songs in the wicked movie. Really? They straight said that. Whoa. And also, Winnie Holson was like, I had no idea who you were before this, but I'm now a fan. So that is one of the coolest freaking things that I have ever heard in my entire life. And I'm like, oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was one of the coolest things in the world. So anyway, moving it back. Yeah, John Rubenstein <laughs> plays the mayor in Headless. So it was really, really cool to like, act with this like legend who's in a matlock bro like <laughs> matlock not yeah, the like, reboot like, either the old one no right like legit like matlock matlock Mat- matlock og and <laughs> it's like just being around all these people and getting to like go fully into this character i play judy gardner who's the mayor's secretary and she is Flouncy and bubbly, and she always has like kind of a, like a tongue-in-cheek like little smile to herself. And it is one of the coolest things that I've been a part of. It's so funny, and they have all these people. Like, there's one of the warblers from Glee, <gasps> Kurt Mega. You would be excited to hear this, Shelly. Yeah. Like, there's so many people from like the Star Kid universe that are there, but then they pull people from D and D. They pull people from all of these different worlds and just like converge them for this cast. And it oh is one God. of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. It comes. It should be coming out in August. But sweet. Oh my gosh! It's a scripted. So it's cool. a scripted show. It is this. It is a scripted show. It's a ten part web series, and it is. Really, really ambitious. We raised enough money on Kickstarter to get a real horse. So there's a real horse in it. Whoa! So real I didn't get to be on set with the horse. Oh, oh! But you got a real horse. Oh. There, but I know that there was a real horse in proximity. So that's 
<laughs> and where where will we watch this? How do we? Did you, you will watch it on the shipwrecked YouTube? Okay, okay, missed. So you, it's free to watch. So just watch it and support it, and you're gonna be like, huh, this is really great. I should watch more stuff. And then you'll watch all the episodes, and then you'll go back and watch all the other episodes of stuff that they've done, and you'll be like, look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Done um, and done. So speaking of fans, let's talk about something that we're both a fan of. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm here hot. for. Well, I've decided. So I know that Greg gets real nervous when we get together because we <sighs> tend to get a little sidetracked talking about our favorite shows. Um, and I know Greg like likes to keep the official D&D podcast focused on D&D a little, like a little bit here and there. So I've, I'm combining worlds. And I realized as I was thinking, like, how can I combine these two worlds? They're, they actually, the housewives do provide a lot of fodder for Dungeon Masters. So I've put together a few potential storylines that Dungeon Masters could use for inspiration. And maybe, Greg, you can tell me if any of these sound exciting to you. And Christina, maybe you can help... Um, Build round out the story a little bit more. Okay, I'm okay. just going to give you like a real quick hook, okay? All right. Let's say, okay, when a familiar, okay, not, not a dog, a familiar is adopted from an animal-loving friend's rescue, suddenly gets returned to a kill shelter for allegedly biting a child, the animal-loving friend seeks retaliation by spinning reputation-ruining yarns about her soon-to-be ex-friend in a town where reputation means everything. But is that friend actually the friend who told the story that could ruin that's the part reputation? Of, that's, that's part of the mystery. Or, in an attempt to take down that friend... Did said friend release the story themselves to create not only a storyline for themselves, right? But also <laughs> to make take down said cohort. That's part of the mystery. I mean, like honestly, the story could go any in many directions. And as Christina and I both know, a simple like a miscommunication can actually be a story for like eighteen episodes. So yes. That's also why I feel like the housewives are really good fodder. But I don't know, Greg, if this sounds interesting to you, but I have I have others. I'm a, I'm a bit lost, I do have to say, about who okay. said what okay. when. But I will say that I that's think... That's the whole I, point. Everyone's the whole always point. lost. <laughs> right? Yes. It's all very confusing. So I have described it correctly, is what you're saying. <laughs> like how, why is this a story 10 sessions later? We don't know. Don't know. It just is. Why... Maybe um, if you throw in like you know a, a dragon who's abducting uh, or or is it running or I mean it's not even a dragon just like an evil character that's running this kill shelter and actually you end up finding that it was all a big bad who is trying to just get more familiar and the magical animals uh, to feed to the beholder or something hmm. and then they have to is it a the, spell? Yeah, maybe it's a spell component. Maybe they need these these animals sacrificed in the kill shelter for a reason. Interesting. I like. I want to get some more. Well, tropey adventureness happening. But I, have I like the more, idea of they're having small, small stories about like relationships. I think that's really interesting. For I there could be an underground world where they are, in fact, collecting these animals and they're using these interpersonal relationships as a shield to cover up the nefarious deeds. 
Right. Yeah. And there's like, there's a mole in the friend group that's just, their whole job is just to confuse people, just like I confused Greg. See? <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Because there's one person that's in there that is always constantly stirring the pot. So the person that's always stirring the pot is actually, oh my gosh, they're a plant. Yeah. And they're, every time that they're doing a get together, the reason that that person starts to spin the story is because they are, it's actually a spell, the way that they spin it. And that's why that person sits back and smirks at everything as it's happening, because it is literally like you're watching the spell happen. You're watching as the dissension is sown in this group, in this friend group to try to have, it's like, oh, as long as you guys are on the outs, then no one is paying attention to what's actually happening. And then the theme is about getting all your players to get together and actually join back together and defeat this this mole yes. or this plant. It's really, it was about friendship all along. It was about friendship and, and party <laughs> continuity. Uh, and then I, I would posit that this plant is like a polymorphed dragon or something like that, or someone who is, you know, not who oh, they say they a are. A doppelganger. Or a doppelganger, yeah. Uh, um, That would, I feel like a doppelganger would make so much, oh my God, what was the thing that we did when we did the D&D Live online a couple of years ago? And yes. remember, oh. and we and there was a person in the midst to yes, well, it was me, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> it was you. of course, it you were the evil one the whole time. <laughs> oh, okay, what, is, what if that would be like? Wh- oh my gosh, that actually works out perfectly. I would just like to That's say that this incredible Once- storyline was developed from a Real Housewife storyline. So, um, thanks, Lucy, okay. Lucy, apple juice, right. <laughs> That was the dog's Thanks name. For, yeah. That was the dog's that was name. The dog's it name. Was. Lucy, Lucy, apple juice. Um, okay, I have. Do you want to go to some potential NPCs, or do you want another storyline? Storyline. I got. Okay. I I guess I was kind of into like the animal theme here, so let's stay with it. A stuff <laughs> a stuffed bunny, purchased as a gift, is rejected by the recipient and resigned to a life encased in crinkly plastic until a very sympathetic wizard casts reincarnate and brings it back to life. But as what? Okay, that part is not from the housewife. That last Ooh. part. But reincarnate the bunny, bring the bunny back as a new friend of these oh. people. But the bunny has an axe to grind. For because sure. the bunny feels cast aside and wants to get revenge on these people who forced it to live this life stuck on a shelf and in this crinkly plastic. So the bunny comes and comes in as one of the most powerful that they've ever seen. Wealth and style and all. Co- Greg looks like he is so Come on, man. It's hilarious. Stay Greg, with you us, know Greg. this is good stuff. Stay with you us, know it's good. So you're telling me you bring in the bunny, the bunny comes in with all of this resentment, but now with a mouth to actually speak for itself. Right. And to destroy every single one because of these people that played like, a part and taken it down. It's a friend of. Like you got it's a, you're already a friend of. Like you really don't got anything to lose. You got everything to gain though. And speaking of, I feel like what we talked about this, I think coming into a session like this and having like your main characters and you have like your main arch- archetypes. So you have like the, am I saying that right? Archetypes? Archetypes? Both, both are, anyway, are correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Did you say both are incorrect? No, but yeah, both are incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong. There's no You're right wrong answer. twice. <laughs> so you think about these different types. And so you have like the queen bee. And then you have like the character who is like the follower. But then you have the sniper from the side, the pot stirrer. But your ultimate yes. goal, if you're bringing in like a new character, is to how do you go? How do you keep from getting demoted to friend of? Or how do you like wrinkle in this person who's trying to go full time, but they don't? It's like everyone is working against them to keep them yep. from getting story time. Yeah, it's a and fine your ultimate line. Goal. You got to stand is. out, but you can't stand out too much or people will accuse you of producing, overproducing yourself. It's very mm-hmm. hard. That's Friend a lot about spotlight at the table, honestly, right? Like that is about yes. that, right? And so if someone, if we, if there's a, I, I like their, the adversary not being one of the players at the table. So mm-hmm. if there's an NPC or several NPCs that are stealing the spotlight in this way as a friend of or something like that, I think that might be a really fun way to introduce a similar storyline. It is your friend of as the NPC. Like that is like that's how you keep your story moving. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and think about the great NPCs you could do that are like friends of. Like you could have the one that comes in and is extremely overdramatic, cries at the drop of a hat, and just wants y'all to know that she's doing her best. Okay. Uh, she's just trying. She's just a person. I'm out sorry here in the I didn't world. have a gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> I like I understand that you were robbed, but I've been putting out a lot of fires right now. And I was trying to bring in a designer from France and he had issues getting here. But you all are so upset about this robbery. I'm sorry. I'm I have sorry. an event. I have an event planned. I am trying to bring couture to Waterdeep, okay? <laughs> Doing the Lord's work over there. Power's um, work. All right. All right. Okay. Let's just, I have a couple some of good NPCs. Some really good NPCs. Okay. The child of carnival workers who has anger management issues and may or may not have knives for hands. Oh, you stop it. <laughs> oh, you stop it. These hands. They look like just hands. But these hands got knives. These hands are knives. Is, is, are you talking about Edward Scissorhands? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> these kidding. hands. No. This is this is, like yeah. a Stranger Things episode where it's like, my fingers are like arrows? She, it's like everywhere, she, she everything everywhere all at once with hot dog fingers, but it's... <laughs> she she could have been a Stranger Things. You, she could definitely be found in the Upside Down. And maybe she is because this... Uh, Franchise is no longer on the air. It sounds like something from a uh, from from Ravenloft, honestly. But come on, I definitely yes, definitely. definitely Dallas could be Ravenloft. Oh yes, <laughs> the Real Housewives of Ravenloft. Um, okay, here's another one. A very kooky, possibly agoraphobic warlock with a large cult following, who has literal and figurative skeletons in her closet also an aversion to people and things that smell like hospitals <laughs> you think i'm making this up and this is actually like this is fact would they actually uh, have skeletons in their closet 
Well, I wouldn't be surprised. When you have a closet that's that disorganized and... And you you spend a lot of time just sitting in it alone. But are uh, you alone? Fun fact, if you watch the Elden Ring one shot with Critical Role, uh, my character, the prophetess, was 1,000% based on Mary Cosby. No. Yes. She was a charlatan who was... Just like she would tell you the most vaguest prophecies, and yeah, I she was she was based on on that. I don't know about that housewife. See, I'm not. This is actually like I didn't. So really, I didn't really add any like fictional details to that description, Greg. This is actually a person. I, I'm telling you that all of these things, like these, well, these people as NPCs are the most perfect thing. Hundred percent. There's so many good little nuggets that you can pull from the Real Housewives. Sounds so, like a like a like a fake creature, like a hag or something like that. Like it feels like that kind of character, right? Yeah, would be at uh, home and wild beyond the witchlight. Well, if you think about it, you have this character, the carnival who, worker too. Carnival worker. Yes, you have your. Oh, I want you to know that when I was Joy, I wore the t- the crown that you sent me, Shelly. Oh my God! For my, For my uh, the monarch, my monarch queen. I wore my little butterfly crown, and that was my little like Shelly nod because I knew <laughs> I was also doing this in the coming days. Oh my so, God, I love it. I do. I just want you guys to know. I think I'm glad that you even when we're not talking. But that anytime you need a little pick me up, you just put that tiara on. You just know Zeke puts it on my head sometimes. Oh, he'll grab one of my crowns. I mean, he doesn't. One of of my crowns. (laughs) Who talks like that? (laughs) One of my many headpieces and swords (laughs) to destroy you with, Greg. (laughs) Uh, You've met me. I don't know why any of this is a surprise. Like, yes, I'm sure if I were like to move a couple of feet, I could find a tiara or a freaking. Circlet. There's a, a mask. Uh, yeah, there's a circlet over there. There's a mask. There's a cloak. I mean, this is my office is just a treasure trove of random nonsense. Lasso of truth. <laughs> <laughs> mm. One of the best lifesavers. <laughs> Got stuff to go. I love all these characters, by the way. I think they are inspiration, and you should start DMing with these characters more in mind, Shelley. I mean, we keep joking about it, but a Real Housewives D and D inspired game is like it writes I, itself. I, it does write itself. I I came up with this in like minutes. I was so inspired. I was so inspired. Like <laughs> this is easy. So. Oh. All day, all day. I love it. All day. It. More people can do that. I mean, that's what's so cool about this entire gaming hobby is that inspiration can come from so many different sources. And uh, I may not like the tastes of the inspiration, but I do think... But you appreciate the, the output. How they would be applied what? to D&D would be great. So we just talked about taste and output, which makes my ideas poop, essentially. But... Oh. But you know no what? I, I'm gonna no, say that I don't mean like like insulting. I mean like bio, like if you the follow like the, the, the like digestive track of like tasting and then, anyway, these no. shows give you insight into a lot of different. We always say that we want multifaceted, layered characters, and these shows give us that in large doses. You have multiple franchises, multiple 
like women, women of a certain age that you aren't going to see necessarily like now you see them getting more opportunities, but it creates, has created its own cottage industry of people, of celebrity, of just stories. And it's stories that you like, you're seeing stories about miscarriages. You're seeing stories about like just divorce and life and change and and growing and apart, mental illness, alcoholism, parenting all these different struggles, things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, like I'm having a disagreement with my children. My children and I don't talk or growing apart. And so just to get those types of stories, it's it's pretty huge, honestly, like that it's created an avenue to talk about a lot of these things that would be brushed aside, even if it does it in like a campion over the top type way at times. You really are getting an insight into at times real people. Yeah. Unless they're self-producing, in which case you can't trust. Well, and that's the thing that I always go to it with is, is, is my my taste doesn't like the manufactured or the sense that it is a manufactured drama, right? Like they're just doing this in order to to play it for the camera and all the discord amongst people who are supposedly friends. Right. I like to I like to be with a friend group that likes each other and genuinely and all not, helps. You don't want to leave with, but with probably, like not red wine your friend and group probably shrimp. likes each other. That, well, and that is true. That is true. But I wanted to talk more about the resolution and the and the, and and uh, you know if there is any uh, uh, discord, like how can we you know write the ship and get and get back to being friends, playing playing around the table again. You got. Sometimes you don't come a- back together, Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> that is also very true. That is true. Knowing when to 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 draw the line. If you're yeah, not and- leaving a party with shrimp cocktail all over your shoulder and your nice white dress. And a goodie bag full of lobster. (laughs) What are you doing with your life? Did you even go to a party? That's what I want to (laughs) know. I love Greg's face whenever we do this because he is just like, it's a mixture of what have I gotten myself into? (laughs) And like, anyway, here's how we steer the conversation back to what we're actually supposed to talk about. But you know what, Greg? Guess what I put on my prompt sheet? Real Housewives and reality television. So here you go. So you you got to ask her. We are on these hands. <laughs> these hands look like hands. <laughs> these are knives. <laughs> um, well, honestly, though, like it. this is a good example, though, of taking anything familiar, a, a book, a movie, whatever, and how you can incorporate it into a D&D game for like somebody who maybe doesn't think that they're a D&D player, typically. Like, I have a lot of friends who are Real Housewives fans. I bet I could get them to play D&D if I went with one of these storylines. And they Absolutely. would totally lose themselves because they would just be like, I know who you're talking about. Right? It's like the way that people introduce D&D sometimes to be like, oh, you can be Legolas or you can be uh, exactly. uh, you know, Iron yeah. Man. You can be these like kind of, the you know, touchstone characters. But now you can be like, oh, you can be the lady who's got knives for hands or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can fight the lady with knives for hands. I, I'm, I'm fighting her right now. These hands. <laughs> These hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find you a clip of that after this, Greg. Well, <laughs> you guys are all doing over. research all of a sudden. Be like, you got to watch this. I'm like, <laughs> it's not over yet. I just want to watch. Uh, Christina, you hosting things about Star Wars forever and ever, uh, and making it happen. So, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of. Uh, this third appearance on Dragon Talk. I can't believe it. Hat trick, hat trick. We got to get you on for two more so you can get the five-timers club jacket. 
Yes. Are you got, can I really have a jacket? We so have cool. not yet made a jacket. I we mean, owe a jacket to we, several people. but We, we promised the jackets. We got it'll you get made at one point. a tiara, though, so maybe we can make a jacket Ooh, happen. I like it. Listen, I, I, I'm fine with my tiara. I am grateful for it. I love we'll, it. We'll it add is. another uh, a gem in your tiara. Yeah, get a new butterfly <laughs> for every time I come on. <laughs> yeah, like a badge. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, if people want to find out all of the stuff that you've got going on, where's the best way we can we can point them? Um, you can follow along if I I usually post when something's about to come out or if it is coming out. Um, I like to count my chickens further hatched. <laughs> but um, you can follow me, Christina Ariel, K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. Um, you can find me on StarWars.com, on Star Wars The Higher Public Show every other month. And um, it's a bi-monthly show. It's really great. I really enjoy doing it. And it's also, I mean, it's kind of like right now a book club until the shows and stuff start coming out with the Acolyte. And then it'll be a, it's a multi, what's that word I'm looking for? I don't know. Pregnancy brain. But um, Transmedia. Yeah, yeah it's a transmedia property. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's that. So just follow. I talk about. Whatever's happening in my life is usually what I'm talking about. It might be my kids. It might be my work. It might be the fact that I really want some food and I'm going to cry over it like the other day. But I don't know. Just follow along. Let's do stuff and things. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much. Oh, Instagram is Christine Ariel too. And um, TikTok? I mean, I have a TikTok. My name was taken, so I'm Christina Ariel Tigner on there. But Mm -hmm. I, like, very sparingly post. But I do, and I have posted some videos that are Moulin Rouge songs over fight scenes from Star Wars, which I personally think are great. That's amazing. I love Uh, it already. Worth it just for that. (laughs) You're awesome, Christina. Oh, you're the best. I love you guys. I think you're fantastic. Thank you for having me back. Uh, Anytime. The real housewife of our hearts. Absolutely. No, you're not a friend of. You are an actual full-fledged cast member. I appreciate that you all support women. (laughs) I love coming on to a show that supports other women. It is fantastic to be here. You're a maven. You're a maven. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you are. You're a maven. I'm sorry. I just (laughs) do so much for the community. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Oof, it was a whirlwind today. Are you uh, pleased at my way of bringing my two loves together? Absolutely. Your only two things that you love, D and D and Real That's Housewives. It. That's it. Are are together? I think using them as prompts is a wonderful idea. That was that was genius. Thanks. And I really was trying to be respectful to our listeners who maybe don't follow. Bravo television as closely as Christine and I do, but, you know, staying true to topics that our guest does like talking about. So, yeah, it worked. the voices alone was worth it, honestly. (laughs) I could just hear you guys do uh, whatever character that was (laughs) over and over Um, again. That was several of them. Leanne, Ramona. um, Yeah, you get a lot. It's honestly better than your C-3PO, which is is high praise. I, I will say I didn't know I had Ramona in me until she came out just now. So yeah. I can do three impressions now. You are, I think you're selling yourself short. You got lots of voices that you can pull on for when oh. you start dungeon mastering the real housewives of Baldur's Gate. 
Uh, and my um, my Leanne was pretty good too. Yeah, the, these hands, these hands. <laughs> Still don't even know what a reference it is. That I know, but I'm going to send you the clip after this. Uh, I, I love it. it. I will, I'll be flipping tables while watching it. <laughs> in, in your Greg, audience. good one. Yeah, that's the one thing I do oh, know. I'm so they proud flip of tables. You. It's the one thing where gamers and Real Housewives come together. <laughs> a lot of a lot of combat happens around a table. Dun dun dun. D and D and in Housewives. I love it. So. I love it. Uh, so you can follow along all with uh, Bravo Television News at DungeonsAndDragons.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, follow along us on social at wizards underscore D and I am Greg Tito at Greg Tito on Twitter and underscore uh, Tito. I always mess that up because I think I'm shortening it, but it is Greg underscore Tito at Instagram. You all know that. And where are you? Shelley I'm at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. And who are you now? Drunky Two Shoes. I'm Drunky Two Shoes. You are in Waterdeep. There was a mission that you were sent on by Laryl Silverhand, the open lady of Waterdeep. Uh, she had warned of doppelgangers that were infiltrating the government. You went to the location that she, her informants had told you where they were meeting, foiled their plans uh, to infiltrate with fracas. Lots of fighting was happening. It seemed like a large uh, doppelganger that was rampaging in the city, was attacking. The Royal Order of Magists and Protectors came out, and uh, your friend Balthazar, the gnome mage, was one of them. There was even more battle, lots of fireballs. Uh, poor Samson was injured, and your brother, Daryl Two-Shoes, was also injured. Uh, you laid him safely at, at, atop a wagon, and then all of the battle happened around you, there was a wand of wonder involved, and a the doppelganger uh, that was enlarged fell upon that exact wagon. Huge amount of dust and uh, debris was shot into the air around it. But then, as it was settling, you realized there was a semicircle um, around uh, the wagon that prevented um. Uh, any damage uh, to occur when the hand of this massive doppelganger fell down upon that wagon. And behind you, Laryl Silverhand appeared and said, your brother is safe, but I do not know where he is. Uh, and <sighs> we left last session with you walking with her. Uh, right. And, and her attendants. And as you're walking, uh, she's casting a spell and <laughs> teleports all of you back to the room in Castle Waterdeep where you had met her. Oh, is that buffet still out? Because I am starving. <laughs> it has only been a scant few hours uh, since the last buffet uh, was set, but there is still uh, some refreshments there. Uh, <laughs> well, I go for it. <laughs> you start digging in. Yes. Uh, and Laryl says, of course, of course, you must replenish your resources. It Thank seems you. you have been out of spells for some time. I took some damage, Laryl. You did I'm, indeed. I'm injured. Yes, uh, uh, of course. Uh, uh, and she gestures to one of her attendants who just very calmly, uh, it's a, um, uh, a short man, a uh, human, uh, about five feet tall, and he looks up at you and says, may I? And holds up his hands. Sure. And he rests a hand on your shoulder and Aww. you hear uh, that feels uh, nice. him whisper a few words. 
in prayer and uh, casts cure wounds upon you. Am I healed? Like you are healed. My, all my hit points? Um, he casts a very powerful spell, so yeah. Uh, you get healed for um, 25 hit points. I'm like, like that's more than I need. Okay, so there you go up to your max. Oh, thank you, man. Can I interest you in any of this food? <laughs> I, I, have, I have eaten. Thank you. Do yeah, I still have my bad. amulet? I still have my amulet, right? You do still have your amulet, yes. Uh, and um, it doesn't appear that anyone is a doppelganger in this room. Uh, but uh, Leryl says, as you look down at your amulet, he says, uh, she says, I need to request this item back from you. It has served its purpose. For you have foiled the plot. Oh. And I okay. thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I'm going to give it to her. Okay, so yeah, you take off the chain uh, and, and give it back to her. It served me well, Ms. Silverhands. The, these hands. These hands. <laughs> <laughs> she can't resist and say, I, don't call me that. <laughs> Miss Laryl Knife Hands. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, okay, uh, can you tell me how you mentioned that you know my brother is safe, but you don't know where he is, but how do you know he's safe? And how do the I The only him? way I was able to... Uh, ensure he would not meet his demise on the streets of Waterdeep was to uh, cast a spell that is very powerful, instantaneous, the only one I had prepared uh, that could do what was necessary uh, at that distance. It is a spell of my own devising, uh, similar to uh, a plane shift. I don't... I'm not following. Where is he? He was sent to... The ethereal plane. Can I get him back? I may be able to recreate the spell and send you uh, where he was sent. I really, I really appreciate you saving him. But I mean, I should probably not leave him there by himself. And also, do you know where Samson is? Um, My... Uh, Servants are going through the aftermath of what occurred in the lower words now. Um, we believe they will be able to monitor anyone who is injured in this and, and uh, uh, treat them as necessary. I, I do not have any reports on Samson. Okay. I'm, I'm not going anywhere without Samson. I'd, I'd like him. I'd like to make sure he's okay first. Of course. And, and then bring him with me, hopefully. Well, if I am able to... Uh, cast this spell and send you where I sent your brother, uh, I'm going to need some time to prepare. And uh, uh, so you, you, you may be able to find your friend and uh, see if he would like to travel with you. Thank you. Thank you. You have done a great service uh, for Waterdeep. Wow. Amazing. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Very well. Uh, if you would like to meet me here tomorrow, uh, I can cast the spell and allow you to go to where your brother is. And Samson too? And Samson too. Thank you. I like to call him handsome Samson. He is quite delicious. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Put it here, Miss Silverhands. <laughs> uh, I shall not, but I uh, agree with your assessment of his <laughs> looks. 
And she bought <laughs> she she has a, like a smirk on her face as she nods uh, to you, uh, which is uh, and you hear actually her attendants all kind of gasp a little bit uh, at her at her behavior. It's it's unbecoming. Wow! It's un- come on, guys, loosen up. Look at what just happened here. Let the lady have some fun. <laughs> I leave you now, drunk. Thank- Thanks. Two shoes, Silver. savior of Waterdeep. Okay. I'm like losing my mind. <laughs> Nobody's ever, ever treated me with that kind of respect. Well, she is, but then she uh, calmly leaves the room. I feel like I might have to leave Samson behind for her. Ooh, interesting. All right, but well, we'll pick it up next time with what you want to do. We can do some downtime stuff here if you like. Okay. Excellent. You did it. You saved the city. I can't believe it. Wow. I thought she was mad at me. <laughs> I no, did. she likes it. I thought that she was like, ugh, he, things are kind of a mess, and you probably should have prevented this doppelganger from getting huge, but... You did what you could. I did. I mean, Nomi helps you. <gasps> Maybe Nomi will come with me. Maybe. Maybe that's right. our will. Okay, well, I'm going to... That'll... That, next week. Next week. I'll, we'll I'll do some, some recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. We did it. <laughs> <laughs>